Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning. Diarrhea. It's time to wake up. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lankford in with you. Hope you are having a terrific Tuesday. Want to get into the Warriors' loss to the Nuggets as they have closed out this four-game road trip. They're back tonight against the Clippers, but they close out this road trip 0-4, and they lose 131-124 to and make things a lot closer than I think we all expected. So if you felt that you just didn't need to... Watch the game because you weren't going to see Steph or Dre or Clay or Andrew Wiggins, any of these guys who are going to be getting big minutes. And if you felt like you just needed to skip out on the game, well, you missed out on one of the more entertaining games of the season. I think this 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 one had me drawn in. You know, I mean, going from the first half where the Warriors were only uh, where the Warriors were only down by. What, two points going into the first half? So they had plenty of chances, and then they made things very interesting there um, in the fourth quarter. Jordan Poole knocking down some huge corner threes. Kevon Looney with a huge put-back dunk. But in the end, the Nuggets were too much. They had to play their starters as much as they could. The Warriors only had nine guys uh, to work with uh, last night as they only had four guys coming from the bench with Jonathan Kaminga, Quindary Witherspoon, Chris Chioza, and Nemanja Bialica. And Bialica, by the way, was awful. His three turnovers, um, they were huge moments in the game. Those were the types where the Warriors were gaining some momentum with their scoring, and then Bielitsa will get the ball, and there were just a couple of careless turnovers late there uh, for Bielitsa. He was one of six overall with two points. But I don't mean to just start off the show calling Bielitsa, calling out Bielitsa. It's, it's, uh, it, 
It's something. It's it's a broken record at this point. But we will get some football later today. I think something is going to happen today that will determine what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think today is where the starting point is for Jimmy Garoppolo to actually begin these discussions, and I'll explain why later on in the program. There's also a certain move that the 49ers could make based on what's going on with the franchise tag, as the franchise tag deadline is today at 1 o'clock for players. So if they don't want to give them a big contract extension, they can uh, they can franchise tag them, meaning they'll pay them a year's worth of salary. That's the average of the top 10 guys who are paid at the position, and uh, that's the franchise tag. So we'll get to all of that later on in the program. But there are a couple of guys that I want to focus on here, and the Comcast Business Text Line at 888-957-9570. This is a very simple question that I wanted to start off the show with. As a Warrior fan, seeing how Clay Thompson has been coming back from general illness, do you want to see Jordan Poole start in his place going forward? Again, they got a matchup with the Clippers tonight. It's going to be a big one. The Warriors have now dropped uh, down to the third seed. The Grizzlies have taken their place at the two spot. And the Jazz, actually it was, it was, it was big last night. The Jazz ended up losing last night's game. Um, as they're about to go on an easy little schedule here, but they ended up losing to Dallas 111 to 103. So they didn't many, make any headway as far as the seeding within the standings for the Western Conference. But this road trip here with Jordan Poole, now it didn't start off pretty. And I'm, I, I actually, uh, you know what? I'm going to even go back to that Dallas game at home where Clay was out. That was the first game that he was out with general illness, and Jordan Poole didn't start in that game. So five games ago, back on the 27th of February, Jordan Poole was 0 for. In his 19 minutes on the floor, he was 0 for 7 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3. His only points came from his free throws. He had four attempts and knocked down all four of them. But after that, on the road trip... He gets 12 points on 12 shots to start out in Minnesota. Again, coming off the bench, when Clay's not in, something was going on there. I'm not sure why Steve Kerr decided like this is the time where we're going to try and get some consistency with him coming off the bench. It was a little too late, for, uh, in my mind, for that to happen. But when Clay Thompson rejoined the team, and he was back in the starting five, back in the two spot... Ever since that moment in Dallas, here's been Jordan Poole's numbers. 23 points on 8 of 12 shooting. He knocked down three threes. That was in Dallas. Against L.A., another 23 points, 15 shots. Knocked down nine of them. Four of them were threes. And then last night, 32 points on 19 shots. 8 of 12 from three and 34 minutes on the floor. And this was the time that he started this game. Right now, he is bringing a lot more on the offensive end than Clay Thompson is. There's no doubt. Clay, since coming back from the illness, I know it's been a couple of games, but he hasn't looked good. He's looking like uh, looking like he did when he first came back on January 9th when he just started forcing shots, not letting the game come to him. Clay's the, the strength of Clay 
over the course of his career is not only what he can do on the defensive end, and it looks like he's he, he slipped a little bit there too. His timing wasn't right there um, when he was playing against the Lakers. He was just letting guys like Russell Westbrook, who he's been able to lock down uh, with the previous iterations of the Warriors and, and facing Westbrook, whether it was uh, with the Thunder or, who, or whoever it was. Normally, Clay has been able to guard him, but he wasn't able to do it against L.A. And he's just forcing shots right now. He's just forcing shots and not really sure what there is, not sure if there's really a way to get out of that rut unless he just keeps shooting. So in my mind, after these three games that Jordan Poole has had, again, 23-23-32, you don't have to start him right away in order to get him minutes on the floor. In the game against Dallas, Bonte was bringing up a great point when we were hosting the show um, the morning after that game. Against Dallas, there were some minutes to be had there. He only had 26 minutes on the floor, but there were some minutes to be had for Jordan Poole in the closing minutes of the fourth quarter. He could have had 30 minutes that game, but instead he ended up with 26 and a half. Now he got his 32 against L.A., and look what he did. He had 23 points. Got his 34 Against Denver, he was bringing the energy yesterday. Other than Nikola Jokic, who is the MVP right now, I don't. I don't know what the numbers are looking like as far as uh, the stats go on averages. But Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jokic are all within the same playing field here, except Jokic, when it comes to all the advanced stats, he's leading in about 30 different categories. He's not list- He's not leading in the points-per-game category, though. It feels like Joel Embiid has the... He, I think he's leading in six categories um, for every player, and I think he's leading in all the important ones. So Nikola Jokic is going to get his. Nikola Jokic is every... I mean, that, that no-look pass that he had in the fourth quarter, just unbelievable by Jokic, the vision that he has. It's crazy because the Warriors' big man, Kavon Looney... Is the one who's he's who, who he's posting up on, and so he gets the ball in the mid block, and he's still just able to look right over Kavon Looney's head and pass it to wherever he wants to. Jokic was too good, but the second best player on the floor last night was Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole was awesome. Now, do I think he needs to start over Clay Thompson? I don't know if that's the way to get Clay back into the swing of things. I don't know if that's the way to do it. What I'd rather have is for Clay to get started early in the game. I'm not saying restrict his minutes completely, but maybe try and get him going early. Set some plays up where he can get confident. Because throughout Clay's time so far with the Warriors in his in his in his time for return, he hasn't had a complete game yet. He hasn't had a game where he's made an impact on all four quarters. It feels like we've seen him make an impact on one half or the other half. But if we're talking about ways to get Clay Thompson back to being Clay Thompson, I don't know if relegating to relegating him to a bench role at this moment is what you want to do, especially since these games were on the road. It's really tough. Really tough just to join a team coming back from general illness. And you go join him in Dallas, and oh yeah, you gotta go back home now. Like, 
I think that we need to see Clay a little more in the starting five before I make any drastic changes there, but Jordan Poole has done enough to earn himself a spot where he should be getting 30 minutes. Where he should be getting 30 minutes. That's where I'm at with Jordan Poole. But another guy who had a fantastic game last night, and this dude has been very impressive. I'm going to play some Steve Kerr for you after the game talking about him, but one Moses Moody. Yeah, Moses was um, just fantastic tonight. He was aggressive, got off to a quick start, and and uh, made some some big shots for us. And uh, he's a keeper. You know, he's a guy who's going to be a cornerstone for this team for the Warriors for a long time to come. I, it's easy to see that right now in his rookie year. 30 points on 23 shots. He scored 22 of those points in the first half. Moses Moody has really taken advantage of his time um, as he's gotten his minutes up here. Now, he had a three-game stretch where he had 24, 36, and 23 minutes on the floor. But that was back toward the end of January going into February. Ever since then, it's been... 23 minutes against the Kings or 21 minutes against the Jazz. But then you look at these other games, 9 minutes, 3 minutes, 13 minutes, 12 minutes. Uh, But then he had his outing against Dallas where he had 25 minutes on the floor and he only scored 5 points. Didn't look that great. Then you start this four-game road trip. You go to Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns is going in for uh, going in for a layup. Elbows Moses Moody in the face. Moody is out for the game after 7 minutes of play. But then he comes back in against Dallas and in the fourth quarter scores those 13 points when the Mavericks were double-teaming Steph and forcing Moses Moses Moody to beat them. Moses Moody was living up to the opportunity there. I really liked what I saw from him in that loss against Dallas. In this game against the Lakers, he didn't look to slow down. He was perfect from the floor. He only had nine points in his 20 minutes, but they were an impactful 20 minutes against L.A., giving you some scoring when you need it. Then this game against Denver, 30 points on 23 shots. He made 10 of them, five of which were three-pointers. He took 12 three-point attempts. And if I'm not mistaken... These were the most free throw attempts that he had so far this season. He had six of them and knocked down five. So if you're telling me that Moses Moody has put himself up there in the pecking order of guys to get some minutes, I mean, he's definitely jumped Damian Lee on the top there. Jonathan Kaminga has made his leap already over JTA. But if you're telling me that Moses Moody can give you some scoring, can give you some good defense, and can actually get to the free throw line. Man, this 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 bench unit here, if you're going to keep Klay Thompson in the two spot, this bench unit that you got coming up, when Draymond does come back, and we'll get to the update on Draymond coming back, uh, coming up next after the break, but if you're telling me your bench is compromised of Jordan Poole and Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, and those are the guys that are the rotational pieces... I'm feeling pretty good about that when Draymond comes back. Now, when is Draymond coming back? He gave us an update from his podcast, which is uh, which episode which which episode is yet to be released. But one clip did surface over the internet, and that was him essentially announcing when he was going to return. So we will get to that next. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, ninety-five-seven. The game.
Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. All night, I've been drinking all night, I've been drinking all night, I've been drinking all night. Hey, good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. Hope you are having a great Tuesday morning. Last night, a very entertaining game. 131 to 124. The Warriors lose. They lose out on this road trip. They're back against the Clippers. Last night, they were without their starters. But if you missed it, they had a very competitive game. I think my question here at the Comcast Business Text Line, because I saw this video. Uh, uh, Of course, it was a fan at the game, and I think they were expecting to see Steph. But when they found out that Steph wasn't going to be playing, that's when they were made sad. Just made sad that Steph wasn't going to be there. So I wonder, for you, at the Comcast Business Text Line, did you decide, you could be honest, this is a safe spot here, at 521 in the morning on 95.7 The Game, this is just between me and you. Did you or did you not watch the game? I'm very curious there. If you just hear, all right, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, they're not traveling with the team. Draymond clearly isn't going to be back. I'm not going to watch. Like, are you at that point? Because if you are, then man, you missed out on watching these young rookies and young players grow right in front of our eyes. We talked about these two guys in the begin- in the opening segment. From the starting five, Jordan Poole and Moses Moody. Jordan Poole gave you 34 minutes. Moses Moody gave you 36. Jordan Poole scored 32 points on 19 shots. Knocked down eight threes. Moses Moody, 30 points on 23 shots. He knocked down five threes. Moses Moody got to the line six times. And not only that, but Jordan Poole had seven assists. So these guys were working last night, working, putting in their all. When This team, they could have gone out there with eight guys last night. They brought up Quindary Witherspoon, who who has been with the G League. He's been on a two-way, so we've seen Quindary before. I believe his first game, actually, was against the the Suns on Christmas Day, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But Quindary Witherspoon had, in, in his 60 minutes, he had 11 points. 11 points on 4 of 5 shooting. And he got to the line twice. The effort that they were putting in yesterday. It feels like everybody was contributing in this game. Except for Nemanja Bialica. Nemanja Bialica, who is the veteran of the group. In his 18 minutes, he only knocked down 2 points on his 6 shots. He was 0 of 2 from 3. And he also had 3 turnovers. Which is just not good. But, man... These younger players, with Moody, with Poole, and Kaminga, focusing more on Moody and Kaminga, actually, because we know about Jordan Poole. We know the skill set that he has. I think he shocked everyone with his ability to go to the hoop. And just, man, there was a there was a pass that he had. It was a backdoor cut. I forgot who was on the backdoor cut, but there was a pass that he had, man, where Jordan Poole just straight spun right around the guy and made a perfect pinpoint pass so that they could get the layup up. And then he also knocked down that corner three late in the game, which I don't know how he even managed to get up. 
I thought it was going to hit the side of the backboard. You're in the fourth quarter. You're trying to get your team back on track. And somehow you knock down this three when you're in the corner and you're fading away toward the baseline. The corner of the baseline, really. I don't know how he knocked down that shot. We understand Jordan Poole. I think uh, we got a lot of high hopes for him. And to be honest, when we're talking about contract extensions and the the four years and $84 million that he's projected to get for the Warriors um, with Andrew Wiggins, I think someone would be willing to take on Andrew Wiggins' contract. I don't know how much longer Andrew Wiggins is going to be on this team if he doesn't exceed expectations for the rest of the season when you got 17 games left along with some uh with some playoff games in there i think they're i think he's going to be playing uh for his warriors life here but jordan Poole was awesome but moses moody i mean this dude we were so focused on jonathan gaminga Wondering what this dude is going to do, oh, seventh overall pick, Jonathan Kaminga, a lot of upside, how athletic he is, how much talent that he has. Man, can't wait to watch him. Moses Moody will get his, Moses Moody will get his chance. Moody's going to spend some time in the G League, he'll get called up every now and then. We'll wait to see Moses Moody getting his chance. And now he is. And in these past three games, I'm not going to count the first game of the four-game road trip, because... Well, he only played seven minutes in that game, and uh, I'm not sure if Kolsky was serious on Twitter. Matt Kolsky from Kolsky and Company from The Night Show. I'm not sure if he was serious on Twitter or not when he asked how uh, Moses Moody got that uh, that black eye, but that was what happened with Carl Anthony Towns when Carl Anthony Towns elbowed him going up for a layup, so he only played in seven minutes in that game against Minnesota, uh, but in these last three... I know the first one against Dallas, it's only 13 points, but he got all those points in the fourth quarter when that team Dallas was double-teaming Steph the entire time. The last game against the Lakers, he was perfect shooting. He was 4 of 4, had 9 points. But last night, in his 36 minutes of play, we've seen him get 36 minutes before. We've seen him get get that against the Spurs, and he ended up scoring 20 points out of it. Um, He's had a few starts this season. He's had 7 overall this year. But man, in those starts, he's taken full advantage. And I forget that he's 19 years old. He had 30 points on the night. 30 points on 5 of 12 shooting. So if there's any takeaway from last night, they weren't expected to win that game. But they're going up against a Denver Nuggets team, which is very good. They'd won 9 of their previous 10. So they're riding hot. They got Nikola Jokic, who's the MVP. I don't think they wanted to play Jokic so much into that fourth quarter, but they had to because the Warriors were forcing it. So shout out to them for at least doing that. Now, before we get to uh, Draymond Green in the update, just wanted to get to Steve Kerr because he think Moses Moody's game. He thinks Moses Moody's game mirrors a certain Warrior. That's a pretty high bar. You know, Clay's one of the all-time great shooters. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons Bob drafted Moses was uh, because of his shooting ability. He's got a beautiful stroke. And like Clay, he's a big, strong body, a big frame. So he can shoot over the top of people. He can get through people. And then I think what's really exciting about Moses is the competitiveness, the fire, the feel. He understands the game, and uh, and he competes every play. I think what's been most impressive to me so far is that when he gets the ball in his hands, he understands the decision that he's going to make. He understands what he's going to do. All right, I got an open look here. All right, I'm going to knock down this three. 
oh, I got a lane to the hoop, I'm going to drive that. He He's so good with his decision-making, decision so quick with it. It's something that we want to see uh, with Clay Thompson improving moving forward. That was the cut that we played. Uh, someone said, uh, someone asked if his game mirrors Clay Thompson, which is a yeah, it's a pretty high bar to clear. But something we haven't seen from Clay Thompson that we've seen Moses Moody do um, is be quick with those decisions. Clay Thompson was very tentative shooting that open three against the Lakers, and I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm not trying to say Moses Booty is already better than Clay Thompson. I'm not saying he's already better than one of the greatest shooters that the NBA's ever seen. I'm not trying to say that. But as of late, he has been playing better than Clay. And I, I don't think there's any debate with that. Now, Clay's going to be in the starting five. He's going to be back tonight against the Clippers. Really want him to pick things up because, man, when Clay gets hot, there is nothing like it. And we've seen it a couple of times. Uh, we've seen it in spurts so far this year, uh, but we haven't seen it for an entire game. I want to see Clay get hot for an entire game and just be quick with his decisions. But that's something that's impressed me the most uh, about Moses Moody. Now, when we're looking at the uh, the draft from this last year, like this is a this was a stacked draft class and I'm always on the air and at 5 in the morning after each warrior game whenever Kaminga has a good game we'll always see those texts saying oh Jonathan Kaminga could have been taken number 1 overall that's not necessarily true Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs and Josh Giddy all drafted ahead of him all very, very good players. Now, you can mix some of that up within the top six, but I don't know if Kaminga is cracking that top six. I think in the seventh spot is perfect for him. Um, but as far as Moses Moody goes, that dude, he's playing much higher than I think people expected him to. And him being drafted at 14th in this past draft. You got Zaire, you got Davion Mitchell, or excuse me, after Kaminga. So let's start after the seventh pick. You got Franz Wagner, Davion Mitchell, Zaire Williams, James Booknight, Joshua Primo, Chris Duarte, and Moses Moody. I'm thinking Moses Moody, he hasn't been playing as much as a, a lot of these other guys. Um, Chris Duarte has been a standout. Franz Wagner has been very good this year. And Davion Mitchell with the Kings. A lot of people in Sacramento like Davion Mitchell. The only problem is um, they drafted too many guards and then ended up trading Tyrese Halliburton. And I haven't looked up Davion Mitchell's numbers as of late, but he's was a very good rookie from uh, what I've seen of him. But man, Moses Moody is making his case to just move up in the conversation of, if we were to draft the 2021 draft class, who would you pick? What would you take? I think Moody would work his way higher uh, to, to, to than pick number 14 if they're seeing how he's playing right now. He's 19 years old. 19 years old. Here's what Moses Moody had to say after the game. He's proud of where he's at. I'm proud of the guys that that, that, that play. You know, we fought. We played hard. We were, you know, with our back against the wall. We, we ain't lay down. We fought all the way to the end. So, that's good to know that we got some dogs on our side and dudes that are capable and willing to do that and put that effort in. We ain't come out with the result that we wanted, but it's glad to know. It's glad I'm happy to know that we that we got that in us. From the five one zero, all the talk about Moody being more refined than Kaminga. We saw it all last night. Also from the five one zero, Moses Moody is my new man crush. What a baller! From the 510, the talk about trading one or both of these kids for a mediocre big is pure nonsense. I understood 510. I understood uh I understood 
the whole, all right, well, we have these first-round picks. We don't know who they're going to be. Let's try and get them for a big. I get that because you didn't know who these picks were. But now that we've seen these picks come to fruition, I really am I'm glad they didn't trade away that spot. Very glad they didn't trade away that spot. Uh, from the 510, Moody and Kaminga are going to be quite the one two punch. Wow. Then for the 415, the problem with Jordan Poole is that whenever the game is on the line down the stretch, you're very close. It just seems like he wants to be the hero and try to take over Steph's position as the leader. Then he starts doing reckless things. So I'm not so sure. Well, that's a response to me saying that Jordan Poole needs to get more minutes after what we've seen just to keep his confidence up. And not only that, but just this type of scoring that can that he can give you in the fourth quarter, I'm willing to sacrifice a guy who maybe has tried to play hero ball in the final stretches of the fourth quarter because it worked last night. It worked last night. It just happened. It just so happened that the Nuggets were the better team, and I see. And that's a fair argument four one five. But I'd rather have that right now than whatever they're rolling out in the fourth quarter because you just don't have much scoring other than Steph in these late-game stretches here. Of course, you had Moody go crazy in that fourth quarter against Dallas, and he took full advantage, but they were just making uh, Moody and Looney try and beat them. Try and beat them with no Jordan Poole on the floor. So I think just adding another shooter for the spacing and then also having Klay Thompson there, it's going to get him another open three that I think he wants to make up for with that miss toward the end of that L.A. game. So I, I see where you're coming from, 415, about that Jordan Poole point. But I'm willing to, I'm me personally, I'd be willing to risk that in order to get another shooter on the floor and to get Steph or Clay some of the better shots. That's that's really where I'm at. But I see where you're coming from. From the four two four, Warriors end the losing streak against the Clippers, guaranteed. All right, Charles Barkley, guaranteed. I hear you. You know what? I didn't get to this. We'll have to get to it on the other side. I got to go to break. Draymond Green. Gave his return date. We'll react to that. Going to do something with March Madness coming up next because we are starting to see the rounds shape out. So I want to get to uh, something that happened last night in the world of college basketball. It's not going to be a discussion, but it's going to be uh, a new segment I'm trying out here where I just want to play the highlight because there was an overtime buzzer beater. It's just fantastic basketball theater. But we'll get to Draymond, football, all of that. Coming up next, Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in. Now, before we get to Draymond Green and what he had to say on his podcast... And I want to know from you at the Comcast Business text line at 888-957-9570. Of course, that's the text line or the phone number. The Comcast Business text line or the phone number. I want to know, do you think just Draymond Green coming back, does that solve all the Warriors' issues? I want to know from you at the Comcast Business text line at 888-957-9570. Is it that simple? Just getting Draymond back and you're good. Because he gave us a target return date, and we can take a look at those schedules. But... 
Before we do get to Draymond Green and what he had to say on his podcast, we got March Madness coming up. And March Madness is a time I know not a lot of people watch college basketball, including myself. I'm not going to act like I'm sitting here watching Chattanooga basketball. I'm not going to act like I'm sitting here watching that all the time. But when it comes to March Madness... In college basketball, the reason that they call it March Madness is because you have a lot of plays that come down to the final second. I mean, go watch that Chris Jenkins Villanova shot where the head coach, Jay Wright, is on the sideline and in the quietest way, the most gangster way possible, just looks at the shot, says, you can tell him mouth out the words, boom. You can see him mouth that out. Shot goes in, everyone goes crazy as Villanova wins the national championship. But a lot goes down within college basketball. So I wanted to start a new segment where I could just give you a little update on what's going on within the world of March Madness. This is Madness. Madness. This is Now we go to the SOCON conference. Although SOCON is conference put in all into one word, so really that's uh, getting through it. But you know what? I'm just going to call it the SOCON conference anyway. Now this is Chattanooga versus Furman College. Chattanooga versus Furman College. It's the number one seed versus the number two seed. Now Furman and Chattanooga are tied. Fervent and Chattanooga are tied 61 to 61. And with four seconds left in overtime, listen to what happens here. Again, 61 to 61 with four seconds left. They're looking to decide they want a timeout. They're going to let him play. Gene Baptiste with one. Heaves it for the win. The SoCon Championship, Chattanooga, the 27-7 Chattanooga team. They win with a buzzer beater in overtime and move on to March Madness. And that's just the start of it. I mean, this game was insane. They were going back and forth. And with 24 seconds left, Furman went up huge. Then Chattanooga came back in overtime. And they managed to get the victory as Chattanooga came back in that second half, forced overtime, and somehow won with a buzzer beater in overtime. So Chattanooga, shout out, credit to ESPN for that audio. March Madness is right around the corner, and we're just going to get some crazy plays like that. If you didn't see it, I highly recommend you check that out. But the Chattanooga mocks on their way to March Madness. We will continue to update you with all the crazy things that happen around the world of March Madness as the season goes on. I believe the first games are in five days, so now we're just getting a lot of the conference championships happening. Maybe there's going to be more to come during the week, more exciting wins with the overtime and buzzer beater uh, to win. So we'll remain to be seen there, but that's going to be the new thing. March Madness giving you a little update. But let's get back to the NBA Again, if you're a Warrior fan, I want to know from you at 888 957 
What do you think with Draymond Green? If he comes back, is that it? Does he solve all the Warriors' issues? It's just every game that you're watching, you're just thinking, Draymond Green's going to be back. Draymond Green's going to be back. Or do you think there's going to be more to it? Because Draymond Green was on his pro- on his podcast, brought to you by The Volume. The episode has yet to be released. Uh, but here's what Draymond Green has to say about his return date and what he's targeting. By the way, I am projecting uh, or targeting my return next Monday, the 14th versus the Wizards. That is the date that I am targeting. I'm excited as hell. I mean, it's been two and a half months. I've never missed that much time during season. Now, I have once had an ankle injury that kept me out for a very long time in high school, but it was the off season. So uh, this is something different for me. So I'm, I'm extremely excited to get back out there uh, with my guys to try to help right this ship. So he's targeting the game against the Wizards. Now you, I mean, it doesn't get much easier. You're going to be at home against the Clippers, who are red hot right now. Then you're on to face the Milwaukee Bucks, who are just as tough tough as a test, tough of a test as they'll face. But oh yeah, you got that game against Washington where Draymond could be coming back, and then Boston on that Wednesday. So you're going to need Draymond back at least for that Boston game because Boston has been rolling as of late. You saw Jason Tatum over the weekend go toe to toe with Kevin Durant. He scored 54 points. But Draymond could be coming back for the Wizards game, so that's a positive right there. I'm I'm very glad with that because it feels like. Anytime we heard about the update with Draymond, it would be three to four weeks. He'll be back three to four weeks. Three to four weeks, and we'll be good to go. And it feels like we were hearing that even on the third week. It was still, oh, he'll be three to four weeks. But now we actually have a hard date set here. And I I can tell you from, from my personal opinion that Draymond coming back and fixing everything, not necessarily... But man, there are a lot of games that you could point to and say, oh, with Draymond on the court, they would have been much better. It would have been far better with Draymond on the court. Because what's been happening with these third and fourth quarter woes, what's been going on in the second half, you've heard me go on about it before. It was the fact that the Warriors are in the minus in terms of point differential uh, in the second half. They weren't in the minus all season in the third quarter. But in the third quarter, as Denver only gets the the one point there, and then they outscore them 27-23 in the fourth, the biggest issues have been not only that the Warriors tend to give up pretty early leads, they manage to come back, but it's the issues in the fourth quarter down the stretch when there's uh, less than seven minutes left in the game and you got Steph on the floor and you just wish Draymond were there. For example, that Nuggets game, not this last night, not from last night, but the Nuggets game prior to the All-Star break, I'm telling you, on that final shot where Nikola Jokic managed to make the final pass to Monte Morris because Steph Curry was double-teaming Jokic, I guarantee you, that if Draymond were on the court, then that wouldn't have happened. The miscommunication there. Because Kevon Looney was the one who was guarding Jokic on that final possession. He was face up with him. 
and Looney's so focused on what Jokic is going to do, he can't focus on the rest of the defense, and that's something that Draymond does. It's not just, yeah, he plays great on-ball defense one-on-one. It's that at the same time, he manages to direct people, tell them where to go, be the floor operator on defense while also playing good defense himself. And I think there are a handful of moments like that that you can pinpoint in these past games saying, man, if Draymond were on the court, they would have been in a better place there. For example, that game against Dallas. That game against Dallas right before the uh, right before the road trip. Or excuse me, no. No, the second game against Dallas after the, in the past five games. The second game against Dallas in that fourth quarter from last Thursday where they're just double-teaming Steph right in the half court because Steph is the one taking the ball up the court. Can guarantee you that if Draymond were in the game, Draymond would have been taking the one that would would have been the one taking the ball up the floor and giving Steph a lot more room to work with. Let him do his thing off ball, which he's just one of the best ever to do, moving around screens and getting open. Draymond is going to make a world of difference with this team. He absolutely is. But I don't know if he's going to fix all the Warriors' problems. I don't know if he's going to fix all of the issues that we've been facing. Because some of the issues have just been, they're not knocking down open shots. I don't know what it is. Sometimes they're not going in. Can Draymond, can his presence on the court maybe force Andrew Wiggins to go to the rack more? Maybe maybe Andrew Wiggins, I don't know, needs needs a voice in his head telling him how to do things to give him a little bit of that extra motivation. I think Draymond's going to bring that. But man, I don't know if he's going to save them to the point where by the time he comes back, they can get up to the two seed. I, I know Steph says seeding doesn't matter, but I think he's also saying that from a place of he just wants to win games. He doesn't care about the seeding. But from my perspective... Right now what the Warriors need more than anything if they want to make a run in these playoffs is to have whatever advantage that they could possibly have. Because where was the where was the text here from the uh, where were you? From the 510. I'm a lot less worried about a playoff series versus Denver. Well, we got to remember this Nuggets team that we're seeing right now, it's not going to be the same Nuggets team that we will see in the playoffs. You want to talk about the Warriors getting reinforcements with Draymond and Iguodala and then eventually getting another big body with Wiseman on the floor? You want to talk about reinforcements? The Nuggets are going to be getting Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. They're not going to be the same team that we saw yesterday. And that team that we saw last night, they're pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good. When you add Jamal Jer- Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., I don't think uh, MPJ is going to start right away. He's probably going to come off the bench. But that makes the Nuggets a fairly scary uh, contender there in the first round of the playoffs, in my opinion. Just because I think Jamal Murray's just been itching to come back, and they've just wanted to wait till he's 100% healthy. So I'm saying if you want the two seed, I don't think Draymond's going to get you there. I just really want him, if anything, I want the goal here for the Warriors is to at least stick with the three spot and give yourself some home court advantage. Because the last thing that you'd want, you got the Utah Utah Jazz right now who are two and a half games behind in in the standings behind the Warriors. And then you got the Mavericks who are three games behind. Now, these next couple of games, when you're up against 
the Clippers, the Bucks, and then the Nuggets again. That's looking like a tough task here. That's looking like a tough task. So I'm just saying that Draymond is going to fix a lot of the issues, but if you're talking about playoff seeding, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. The Utah Jazz just lost to the Mavs last night, by the way. Um, So those two are kind of in a race right now. But if you're telling me that I can get the easier matchup there, um, if I'm the two seed, which is what I'd want, it's still very much there. We've almost made it a foregone conclusion that the Warriors can't catch up to the two seed. They absolutely can. They just can't catch up to the one. They're not just. They're just not going to get to the Suns. So if the Warriors stay in the two seed, you're facing a favorable matchup, whether it be the Timberwolves and the Clippers. It's looking like it's going to be them in the playoff game. So whoever wins that, if you're the two seed, you're going to be playing that team in the seventh. I'd much rather play either the Timberwolves or the Clippers rather than say, the Mavs or the Nuggets. That's personally where where I'm at. If I had to take two teams that I'd rather choose. So I don't know if Draymond's going to get you there. I hope that he can, um, but I just can't wait for him to come back. I just can't wait for him to come back. He is going to make everyone around him better. There's no doubt about it, and he is going to be the floor general on defense while dictating things on offense. Pushing the pace, not having Steph take the ball up court so immediately the team can double-team him and force everyone else to beat them. That's what they've been doing these past few games, and it just hasn't worked, so you just need him back. I don't know if he's going to fix the one issue that I want, which is getting to that two-seed and getting as much of an advantage as possible. Getting a home court in the second round, that'd be gigantic. So I think that should be the Warriors' aim here, and that should be the expectation if Draymond comes back and can solve everything. Because when Draymond was with this team, it's kind of like the 49ers um, with Debo Samuel. When they put Debo Samuel at running back, they just looked like a completely different 49ers offense, giving you all sorts of ways in which they can beat you. That's what Draymond Green is going to do for the Warriors when he comes back here. And I'm very, I'm, I'm very excited for that, but they do need to knock down open shots. From the 5-1-0, Draymond coming back fixes the biggest issue, which is defense. He fixes that. The Warriors will be fine. Shout out to you, Tamir, for texting in. Also from the 5-1-0, Dre and Iggy will, be, will make a ginormous impact. A ginormous impact. <laughs> also from the 5-1-0, if Dre were on the floor and healthy, we would still be the two seed. Talking about the one from the 2-1-3, Dub Nation feeling better with Dre coming back and getting this squad back on track. I'm just glad he's back now. I'm glad he's back now. I didn't know I didn't know when or what was happening with Draymond, when he'd be coming back. But he's the number one guy. He's the number one guy. But we do have the Warriors. They do play the Clippers. That is tonight. Tip time. It's 7 o'clock. You can catch that all right here on 95.7 The Game. It is going to be a nationally televised game as well. So you're going to get um, the TNT crew on this one. And I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what happens there. Of course, Draymond's entire podcast episode will be released, I believe, tomorrow. I think it's released every Wednesday. Um, so I'm sure, I wonder if he'll share his thoughts on what's been going on with the Warriors uh, as of late. But speaking of Debo and the 49ers and what's been going on there, I think today is going to be the day when the real negotiations for Jimmy Garoppolo starts. And the reason being, Aaron Rodgers has used this time with the Pat McAfee show as a as, as a vessel for himself. The last time he had that Monday Night Gratitude post where he was thanking all of his Packers teammates, thanking his 
ex-girlfriend for letting him be a part of her life, doing all these different things. Hashtag Monday Night Gratitude. So everyone thought his Tuesday appearance with the Pat McAfee show was going to reveal something. Nothing came of it. He said there will be no news today. But it looks like Green Bay had even given an offer to Aaron Rodgers. And they want to give him a three or four year deal so they could spread out some of that money with this. And so there's so not so much going up against the salary cap as opposed to giving him a two year deal. Washington had offered something to Russell Wilson. The Seahawks turned that down. I feel like that Washington trade would have been very plentiful in terms of draft picks and what they could get in return. So I really don't know and don't think that Russell Wilson is going to go anywhere. And after all, Pete Carroll did say they have no intention of trading Russell Wilson, although you never know. A lot of guys lie during this time throughout the combine. Uh, But the Packers, it doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers is ruled out going to Denver. And if you're Denver, you brought their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, to be your head coach. Sole reason being to get Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he can be a a good head coach, but let's be honest. If you're bringing over a former Packers offensive coordinator and you feel like there was some friction between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, then you bring over Nathaniel Hackett. You bring him to Denver where he is well-liked by this guy. So I'd be shocked if he leaves Green Bay, but it's still not off the table. And I think you're going to get some sort of news today from the Pat McAfee show as to what his decision is. And when he has that appearance and when he makes that appearance, that's when the real Garoppolo talks are going to start. Because I'm sure there's um, the, the, the trade value and all that with shoulder surgery. I'm sure it's been talked about. But if Russell Wilson is off the table, if Aaron Rodgers hasn't been traded and he stays with Green Bay... Derek Carr sticking with Las Vegas, Deshaun Watson staying with the Houston Texans. That means the number one starting quarterback who's up to be traded is Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think that ups his value. So I'm curious to see what happens today. Plus, we'll have the franchise tag deadline at 1 p.m. today, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. So we have yet to see what happens there and whether that impacts uh, the 49ers in any way. So I'm curious to see what Aaron Rodgers has to say on the Pat McAfee show today. Wasn't so much after the Monday Night Gratitude post. I felt like it was just going to be one that he sidestepped, and he did. But I feel like today you're going to learn a little more about his intentions and where he wants to be. And then I think that's where teams are really going to start talking. Because if Aaron Rodgers is available, other teams are going to be just waiting for that waiting for that. Teams who have available draft picks, and then we'll see what happens uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. Tonight, we got the Warriors in the Clippers. Stay tuned for that, but coming up next, you got the Morning Roast with Bonte Hill, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. You got me and producer Sam Lubman behind the glass up until 9 o'clock. And let me just tell you, if you log in to Twitch or YouTube and you check us out, just search up 95.7 The Game on either of those platforms. We live stream all the shows It is fantastic. Took us a little while to get going with the graphics and everything, but it's aesthetically pleasing with what we bring to you live streaming. So if you want to check that out, check out the show live again. Go to Twitch or YouTube, search up 95.7 The Game, and you'll find us live streaming all day. All right, the Morning Rose coming up next. And as always, go sports! We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.